Welcome to Deathly Delicacies, your go-to podcast for an inside look into a Bruja's book of life and spirituality. I'm your host, Alundra. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back to Deathly Delicacies. I'm your host, Alondra, and on this week's episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about family history as we get our coffee ready this morning. We could probably hear it brewing in the background, and that is A-OK. This is an inside look into a Bruja's book of life, i.e. me. And for the most part, I do start my mornings off with coffee. Sometimes if I'm feeling it, I'll have a cup of tea, either peppermint mixed with chamomile or just chamomile by itself. And the family history aspect. So I remember years ago when I did a family tree chart or picture, I don't know what to call it exactly, in school where we talked about, let me get a little bit of sugar, where we talked about how big our family is and what our family look like and how the different leaves represent us. And at the time of me doing that, I actually didn't know a lot about my family history. I didn't know too much about my dad's side because um, some of you may know, some of you may not know. If you're new to me and new to this show, um, my father actually passed when I was about six months old. So I grew up with just a mom. And so that family history was... I wasn't as aware of it as I was with my mom's, obviously, because, you know, my mom was still living and we talked a lot about her family. Later on in my life is when I actually discovered that my dad's side of the family was filled with um, intuitives, psychic mediums. And my dad was actually a intuitive man he could feel when the earthquakes were about to happen he could feel them um from the ground ironically he's a virgo so yeah that was crazy my mom however was more so the learner of the family she was more afraid of delving into her talents so she's more like the researcher the I have the knowledge but I don't practice so my dad wasn't really a practitioner but he was an intuitive my grandmother on my father's side is also a psychic medium and she receives downloads but she keeps her things more private and more to herself she has been asked by a couple of people if she would ever want to train with them and work with them when it came to doing brujeria and reading for people but she wasn't a big fan of that and she kind of stayed away from that for the most part she does it for herself things like that but that is just a little inside look on my dad's side of the family and on my mom's side of the family I feel like it skipped a generation or two because my grandmother 
although she was aware of the brujeria and they would visit the rancho witch where they were from in order to heal my uncles my aunts and my mom when i talked to her about that stuff she's not a huge fan of me calling it brujeria or that i'm a bruja she calls me a una curandera or una sobadora she doesn't like using the word bruja she is one of um those people who do see the negative side of it not really the positive side of it so give me one second let me sip my coffee but like i said before my mom was really big on learning about all of those things and kind of seeing what the other side of the metaphysical world held for her she never really understood that until i came around and she felt like there was a deeper sense a deeper aspect of my soul and that's when she really got into it and then you know in more recent years when i have you know come across this work and i have um started to learn the craft and develop myself a little bit more in this community she's more curious she asks more questions she understands more and now she is a little bit more comfortable with that sense before like i said it wasn't too common to be an intuitive and be so open about it it wasn't as widely accepted as it is now so she mostly kept things for herself and the thing with that is when we keep things to ourselves and we don't have people around us to ask those questions we end up missing out and being unaware of a lot of things so growing up i learned to not really ask that many questions so even if i was left confused i still wouldn't ask questions because i always thought that i don't know it was like blasphemy to ask questions now as an adult and learning the craft i ask questions i ask questions that on the exterior may may seem out of the box they may seem like what like how did you even come up with this and it's cuz i don't know maybe like a part of my soul knows that i need more information on this specific thing like i understand what you're saying i understand what you're explaining to me but i actually need to know about this other thing too and i became more comfortable and i feel that that's what's really helped my growth and my knowledge to be able to expand is by asking those out of box questions now when it comes to learning about your own family and your own family history i feel that i lucked out in the aspect that my mom thankfully still remembers most of the stories and most of the things that happened to her um as a child um as a young woman around my age as well but others don't have that same privilege others don't have that same and i call it a privilege because it isn't a requirement for you to know your family history it is a privilege not a lot of people have access to that and a lot of people are left confused well where do i start and and i want to know more and how do i go about it there's a couple of different ways that you can go about it 
And I'm going to tell you all of the ways that I went about it. So even though I had access to this knowledge and access and the privilege to be able to ask these questions, I'm going to tell you guys other things that I did as well, because as a teacher and as a student, I like to try a little bit of everything to kind of see what works. I don't like to just box myself in and that's it. Like I did it this way. So, I mean, I don't know if you can't do it that way, then you don't really have a solution for that. So we're going to take another sip. So one of the ways in which you can become more connected to that part of you, a lot of people will say, if you're already an intuitive person, try connecting with your ancestors. Connecting with ancestors is easier said than done because if you don't understand how you receive your messages, your downloads, you will be left feeling like, uh, well, I tried reaching out and nobody said anything to me or I didn't see anything or I didn't feel anything. These are all parts of ourselves where we're using our five senses, where we can either touch, smell, feel, hear, or see. Those are, that's our 3D body coming in and telling us, well, we need at least one of these things in order to see that it is real and it exists. And yes, some people are cognizant of that. Some people can access that and it comes either easily or they kind of already know oh well i felt something was wrong in the pit of my stomach or i had a feeling that something wasn't going right this is all sensation while other people receive it through their dream state through hearing things through smelling a certain smell i'm looking for a confirmation so i need to smell lavenders during the winter time right so when you're first learning to kind of connect with the ancestors and your ancestors and guides, when I first started, I really focused in on, I was an imaginative person, an imaginative person. So I wanted them to come to me through my dreams, through my thoughts and when that happens is you expect to see things. One of the things that always threw me off was that, and a lot of people were like, well, it's the movies, it's Hollywood. But, you know, most people fall for it. You know, I fell for it. In the movies, you, when you're looking to connect with an ancestor, all of a sudden you close your eyes and then their images pop up in your head and you can see them and it's like you're living in a movie and, you know. So I expected that when I was dreaming, I expected that when I was daydreaming, I expected that even when I was just sitting down um, trying to connect with them, I expected that. Eventually, I learned that I don't get images clear like that. I, they pop into my head, but it doesn't like they're not like going to be 3D where I can see them. And they're like, oh, my God, they're in front of me as if like an actual 3D physical person was standing in front of me. It doesn't work like that. Like I'm seeing them, but they're not crystal clear like that. Once I got over that was when I was able to better connect with them. Um, another way that I connect with them is through the dream state where I set an intention and then I get downloads and they aren't immediate. I want you guys to know that. 
when you are trying to connect with them in a dream state, it's not going to be like, I'm going to go to sleep tonight and I'm going to see them tonight. No. (laughs) From personal experiences, mine come in like, you know, the next day, a couple days after, even a week after. So it's always best to write down what it is that you're trying to get an answer to or or who it is that you're trying to connect to because honestly when I first started doing that I forgot (laughs) I would forget what the intention was and so then I would get the, the answers that I was looking for but I forgot what the question even was so keeping a journal and writing things down is a great way to do that speaking of keeping a journal that's another way that they can communicate with you if you are someone who uses your hands a lot your ancestors might you know, start to kind of take control of that or kind of get your mind better yet, better worded. Do you ever experience when you're writing something down and someone's having a conversation with you and you're writing down, you know, what it is that you were working on and then all of a sudden you're starting to write down what the conversation was because your mind is like, ooh, we're shifting our 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 thought frame. We're shifting our um, focus here. That is another way in which you can learn how to communicate with your ancestors and kind of discover a little bit more on your family history. So that is all about ancestor work. Now, we're going to jump and we're going to go a different way. Say you don't feel comfortable with that. You don't feel that you are quote unquote intuitive enough to pick up on that. What is it that you can do? Well, if you're a little bit more scientific, if you're a little bit more, I need the physical evidence, you can do an ancestry report. Ancestry reports will tell you two things. Now, you can do the, um, oh my God, what was that thing called? (sighs) It's not ancestry.com. It's another one where you can find out your long lost cousins and all of those things. I'll think about it later. It'll come to me later. But you can do one of those or you can just do a traditional DNA ancestry report, which tells you where you came from. And um, when I did that personally, I obviously knew I was Mexican. I knew that I was Spaniard because the Spanish came to my particular region in Mexico. And it was bigger and they, you know, conquered the land and took the people and did horrendous things to them i knew that that was part of my lineage i already knew that i didn't know that i was romanian that i was um part of um, egypt and west africa it was like northwest africa that was new to me um being part of Africa um it was kind of like I mean we all started off as a big continent and then we split up so what was now Africa was probably part of the bigger content because it doesn't tell you how far back it goes it just tells you what you have put in and I was also part of India just a small 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 percentage and if you don't know the first deity that I started to work with was from India. And it wasn't Kali and it wasn't Durga, it was Ganesh. And it, some part of me always felt that this was right. And another part of me felt 
um, I don't think I should be working with this deity because I'm not even from India. I'm not even initiated or I don't practice that religion. But, you know, I worked with him. And to this day, I still work with him. And when I did the ancestry report, I was like, ah, it all makes sense. You know, a lot of people, when they start, they'll start with their cultures. Um, They'll start with God or Jesus or Mary. If you're from the Catholic religion and if you're Mexican. Um, Some people start with Kali. Some people start with Santisima Muerte. Um, But me, I felt like I started literally on the other side of the world and... Some part of me felt like I was culturally appropriating it. And another part of me was like, no, like this is who you're supposed to start with. And that's where I felt comfortable. And it took me actually a while to get something that represented him in form of a statue. Because, you know, there was a lot of statues and depictions of him. But I had to find one that really resembled him. And it took me a while. So moving back that is one of the ways in which you can get a little bit of your family history is doing a ancestry dna report and when you start looking at where you're from look at what it looks like because it's not just big continents like africa like oh you're from africa like it actually tells you you're from um spain but you're from this specific part of spain like this little corner of spain Or if you're from Africa, you're from this little part of Africa. And start looking at those images. Start looking at things and the cultures and the foods and the colors and even the sounds. And some part of your soul is going to remember that. Even your DNA, your cells will remember that. The funny story is I took a trip to Peru last year um, in the end of October. And one of the things that they warn you about in Peru, especially when you're going there and you're going to go to Machu Picchu and all of that, is the altitude. The altitude is very different than it is here because we're above sea level. Oh my goodness, I can't remember how many feet we were above sea level. I think it was about 20,000 or many, been more. I don't remember. I wish I did, but... (laughs) Gemini brain. But... The altitude sickness is what they warn you about. So you have to drink uh, coca tea or take altitude medication. I didn't take any of that. I actually, the coca tea, which is tea made from cocaine leaves, which is, you know, common to drink there. They actually made me feel queasy and they made my stomach hurt. So I was like, well, shit. (laughs) And I drink tea, but... It just, it was not, my body was not accepting it. In my everyday life, I don't really take a lot of medications, even when I'm sick, unless it's like super, super, super bad. And it's a moment of desperation where I have to do something. And so I have to mute it and then go do the thing. Because that's the thing that happens when you medicate your body is that it represses it. Like the pain goes away, it's repressed, but it's still going to be there. So I try not to medicate myself. So I think when I was over there, I only took maybe two Advil because I ended up having a headache more towards the end of the trip, I think. Um, But when I was over there, 
this is the point that I'm trying to get to, hello, Gemini brain, is I told my body and I told myself, like, you guys need to remember that we came from here. Like, I need you guys to put in the work because we have come here as a remembrance. So you guys have been here before. So I'm going to need you guys to get it together so I don't end up sick with altitude sickness. And needless to say, that whole trip, literally just maybe like one one day was when I felt not so great. Well, that was because I had taken um, a motion sickness pill to kind of help with my anxiety getting on the plane. And it was obviously still taking effect. So I was like literally falling asleep at the dinner table. But besides that, and like maybe the two Advils that I had towards the end of the trip, that was it. And for the rest of the trip, I was fine. You know, walked around a lot. We did our Machu Picchu hike. Everything was good. And I just, I don't know. I felt like that was kind of one of the crazy experiences was I literally told my body, like, I need you to remember that we lived in areas like this. We came from areas like this. So get it together. And that was it. And there was no altitude sickness. I had never been at that high of an elevation before in my life. I had never been to Peru in my life. So that's just one of those things where when you start looking back to places where you've come from and really looking into that and kind of discovering that for your own, your body, your cells will remember that. Your soul will remember that and it will try to help you out as much as it can to do that. But you do have to give a little. You do have to put in the work in order to succeed in that aspect. So when it comes to family history, you can go a bunch of different ways. These are just the three ways that I went about it in trying to discover a little bit more about me and my family and where we came from. So you can either ask questions if your family's open about it. You can do an ancestry DNA report or you can communicate with your ancestors and ask them, you know, can can you show me what it is that I can do to better know you, to establish a connection with you? What is something that you would appreciate that I can do? And when that starts to happen in your life, you'll notice that things begin to shift. You become more open and more aware of things and opportunities also start coming because now if you were walking blind, now you have a flashlight and you have all of the necessary tools to get you through the darkest moments, to get you through the woods, to get you down the path that was destined for you to take. So that is just a little bit about what I wanted to discuss on this fine Wednesday morning as I sip my cup of coffee out of my 100% that witch mug. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will see you guys. Actually, <laughs> you will hear me next time. Have a good day. This podcast is brought to you by La Mujer Blanca Botanica, an online service-based spiritual shop where we work together to create magic, 
spiritual wellness, and knowledge. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode and look forward to sharing with you more as the weeks go by. If you're curious to learn more about me or work with me, you can visit me on my website, lamujerblancabotanica.com or on Instagram at lmb underscore botanica. That is lmb underscore b-o-t-a-n-i-c-a. We'll see you next time.